in today's show. We're recapping Tuesday's action, but a bunch of news around the league as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify subscriptions that you don't want, helps you stop paying for them, the ones you don't want, the ones you don't need, and also helps you negotiate better prices on the ones that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now, there is only three games on today, so we've got some time to cover some news, and there is some big news in the NBA, so let's get into that right away. Um, Let's sort of go chronological order, I guess, with how things went down this morning. Canada, as of January 15th, um, basically NBA players who aren't fully vaccinated will not be able to enter Canada. So... You pay attention to that with with someone like Bradley Beal. But the thing with Bradley Beal is, and this only is really important if he gets traded, is that the Wizards don't play in Toronto after January 15th. But there are players who are unvaccinated that we do not know about. We know about Beal. That's not a problem. We know about Michael Porter. He's not playing. We know about John Isaac. Who knows if he's even a real person at this stage? We know about Trey Burke. He doesn't play anyway. But there are other guys out there, not many of them, but there are other guys out there unvaccinated, and it is going to come to the fore um, when we head, well, when they head to Toronto to play because they won't be able to go there to play. So just be aware of that. If you see some random absences, you will know why. But the major one is Beal, and they do not play after that date in Toronto. So that's only an issue if that happens to be a playoff matchup, which seems really unlikely, or if he's traded to another team. That would be the only situation where that can be a problem. The other news that came out was reporting from Shamsharania that the Indiana Pacers, um, I, don't, I don't think it's on the back of the TJ McConnell surgery news, which we touched on this morning on the injury report show, but they're going to be looking to rebuild and they're looking to make deals for Karis LeVert and one of DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner. Now, we've been talking about them splitting up Turner and Sabonis for years because they are both centers and that pairing is far from ideal. I think almost definitely they'd move on from Turner because they seem to think Sabonis is the better player. I seem to disagree with them, but that's where that ends up. Now, I think that whatever happens, I think it's better for both blokes if they split up. I think it's much better for Turner to go to another team and have some real value unless he goes to another team and has to play at the four. You know, here, oh, oh, we'd love him at the Bulls to play next to Vooch. It's going to be the same bloody problem of <laughs> him, and, him and Sabonis and him and Vooch. I, I just want him to play at center with not another center next to him. That would be great. This doesn't mean that you have to trade away Sabonis and Turner or anything like that. Because who knows? It might be a better situation. It might be a worse situation. The same goes for Karis LeVert. I would imagine that the situation is worse for him if he's dealt. But I don't know. It's not particularly good at the moment for him. He's not playing particularly well. So I'm not sure. But what I would be interested in is that article mentioned they're looking to clear playing time for Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson. Now, they are absolutely not any, shouldn't be anywhere near the foundational pieces for a rebuild. Duarte is 24 and a half. 
Jackson's fine, but these are not foundational rebuild pieces. But it, it is a curious decision that they would be the guys they looked at. I guess they don't have too much else to build around. But that you know, you're clearing out assets to make playing time for them. If you want to grab Chris Duarte with McConnell out, with Holiday out, with maybe Levert gone and with the prioritization around Duarte, sure. Is he like a gigantically high upside player? I, I don't believe so. He started out well, shooting 53% from three, which was obviously never going to stick. And since then, it's been a real downhill slide for Duarte. But there is an opportunity to grab him and let's just see what transpires over the next two weeks. There was also a little bit of momentum, it felt like, on the Ben Simmons situation of him getting traded, but that might be that might be uh, scuttled now with the other news, which is the big news of the day, and that is the uh, injury to Christian James McCullum. Now, we know McCullum had the rib contusion, or so we thought, and he was listed probable for Monday's game, and then last minute he was ruled out. And now it turns out, upon further imaging that he has a pneumothorax, which is a collapsed lung. It's when air gets out of the, you know, to be non-technical, air gets out of like the lung area and puts puts it into the wrong spot. And that creates pressure and collapses the, the inflation of the lung. It means usually you need some sort of tube inserted in there in hospital to help reflate and draw that uh, draw that air out of there that's not supposed to be in that, in that uh, lung type cavity. Um, and it's not a great injury. Now, this was caused by the hit. So it could have been like a, a rib pushing in and breaking through and creating that air, that break of the seal to allow the air to escape into the wrong areas. Finding a time frame for this is really difficult. There's only been apparently two instances in this in the NBA and they average six and a half missed games. That's only two instances. That could have been 13 games for one, which is a month, and one game for the other. I haven't actually looked into how, how long they are. I think one of them was Terrence Jones and he was out a while. The other one was Gerald Wallace. But... Yeah, in real life scenario, I would find it, I know it's not real life, it's the NBA, but I'd find it pretty difficult to think that CJ is going to be back before New Year's. That's three weeks away. You can get back from a, a, uh, a pneumothorax in two weeks, especially if it's not caused by a traumatic incident, but this was caused by a traumatic incident. So I'm expecting that to last longer. It might be six weeks. It might be two months. We don't know at this stage. We will find out more, but be prepared that CJ won't be there for, I would say, minimum of two weeks, probably likely three weeks, almost almost going to be pushing to four to five. But that's just speculation from me uh, about an injury like that. You're looking at minimum two, probably three, likely four to five, maybe pushing to eight, depending on what the situation is, the severity of it, how he responds, all that sort of stuff. Everything for the Blazers is going in the toilet. Lillard is hurt with that abdominal issue that's worsening. And honestly, as I said months ago, if this season goes off the rails, does he just opt for surgery? We'll find out about that. I don't know that. That was me speculating. I don't know that. They have had to fire their GM for a toxic workplace. And this all started after the press conference with him, you know, getting the, the bottle of water, getting a signal when they were asked about, hey, what about your coach who was charged with uh, rape? What do you think about that? Oh, we did a good process. Drink water, change questions. Like, that's how all this shit started. And then that that coach, Chauncey Billups, has been dreadful. He hasn't been good at all. The team is a disaster. Players aren't happy. Nurkic isn't happy there. Lillard's not happy. He's like, I want a defensive wing to come in. I need someone to come and help me. Um, he's out slandering Neil O'Shea now. Is it not slandering? Slandering is the wrong word. He's out hanging shit on him. Um, when someone put a tweet out saying there was a picture of uh, Trump and Pence, you know, whispering and shaking hands. 
and it was like this is you know the the, the reaction of uh, Neil O'Shea and Adrian Wojnarowski after that hit piece on Lillard and Lillard said yeah that's about right because I think that's a well-known thing in the NBA community that so many stories that Woj gets were from Neil O'Shea, hence why there was a lot of articles from Woj about the O'Shea thing backing him up and talking about supporting him and all that sort of stuff. That's that's a bit how that went, and Dame was well aware of that and put that out there saying, hey, this is a, uh, yeah, th- that relationship may be a little bit clouded perhaps. That's That's what Dame was suggesting there. Things aren't going well at all. Now, that brings us back to the fantasy implications of this for this injury news with CJ McCollum. I expect that Anthony Simons will get the first crack at things, but he's currently injured. Now, he is listed as questionable for Wednesday. He, to me, look, if Norman Powell is available, you add Powell. And then the priority moves to Simons, and then after Simons, it moves to Dennis Smith. What I don't think they will do, I don't think they will start, um, yeah, I don't think they'll start Smith, Simons, and Powell together. What I, what I think they'll do is it'll be Simons, Powell, and Snell. Um, but if Simons is out, then it will be Smith and uh, Smith and Powell and Snell. I don't think you'll get Simons and Smith starting together necessarily. So Dennis can be a stream option if we hear Simons is out, but otherwise I think he'll be like a 20-minute-a-night guy. So it's pretty clearly Powell and then Simons and then Smith after that. It'll also help boost some value for guys like Little when he returns and Nurkic, who'll get a usage bump with CJ and Dame out for at least the next week, maybe longer. Powell's going to get a gigantic usage bump in this time. So there are options to add. Powell is your number one ad. Make sure he's not on the waiver wire. Anthony Simons, even if he does miss Wednesday, it doesn't matter. You add him because he'll be the guy that gets the value moving forward after that. And then your deeper leagues, your Dennis Smith can be maybe a Wednesday streamer or a deeper league guy as we move forward. But things are looking pretty shit house in, uh, in Portland. They should be blowing it up. Blowing it up should mean firing this head coach, even though he's only in for 25 games. He's not good. Uh, and really changing things around. We'll see what happens, but it is not a good time uh, in Portland at the moment. But it is a good time to make sure you get your sleep because sleep, it's the ultimate superpower. Do you know how important it is to get that right sleep and get that rest so you be mentally fine-tuned? LeBron agrees with me. He said, I heard Josh talk about sleep and I totally agree. Well, that's not quite how it went down, but it's close enough. LeBron and Calm have teamed up to tell you that your mind is just like any other muscle and it needs to be trained, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, for a limited time, you can get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, to ease stress, and to sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on MBA. That's calm.com slash locked on MBA. You've got your sleep. Now you need your energy. Built Bar, that is the answer. It is not just a protein bar because protein bars, we associate them with tasting like crap. Built Bar tastes delicious. It tastes like a candy bar. In fact, it's better than a candy bar because it is delicious and it is healthy. Low in carbs, low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, but high in protein. What a winning combination that is. Maybe some might say, unlike Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, although that's a bit unfair to those blokes. Sorry about that. You guys, um, Built Bar gives you that extra fuel across this holiday period. So many delicious flavors, giving you that energy to break through the double teams at the shopping centers to get the gifts that you need. In fact, why don't you just get the gifts of Built Bar? Give them to your mom, give them to your dad, give them to your kids, give them to bloody Santa when he rocks up. Built Bar is built different with all their fantastic new flavors and the old staples, cookies and cream. Hey, instead of Santa getting cookies and a glass of milk, cookies and cream, Bilt Bar, bang, you're sorted. 
So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar. You guys, you know you want this, you know you want the catchphrase. Built Bar. Built different. I'm going to keep saying it until they tell me not to. All right, let's go on to the next thing. I thought I'd just do a quick little mention of some stats in the G League. This is going to become important at some point, knowing who's uh, uh, performing at a high level. The average or the scoring leader, these are only players on NBA contracts. The scoring leader in the NBA is Saban Lee. He also leads the G League in assists. He's a guy that just keeps, I don't know if he's an NBA starting point guard. In fact, I'm pretty sure he isn't, but I'd like to see him get a shot at the backup spot. The rebound leader is Petter Cornelli, two-way guy for the Denver Nuggets. A guy that put up pretty good advanced numbers in Europe. Watch him. The steals leader is Jaden Springer. Oh, that gives me a great opportunity. I haven't played this one for a long time. The package. The package! Yeah, the package, Jaden Springer. The blocks leader, and this is where I got the inspiration, I guess, to do this. The blocks leader and the leader in PER in the G League is Isaiah Jackson, who the Pacers want to clear playing time for. Don't be shocked if in February or March, one of Sabonis or Turner is gone. The other one is hurt. This bloke plays 25 minutes and averages like 12 and 8 with two and a half blocks. Don't be surprised. She's just a name to watch, but be ready to pounce when the time comes. Um, today's Watfo comes from Brody Coat. Brody says, What are the odds that the Eastern Conference wins more games this season than the Western Conference? The Eastern Conference appears very much deeper than the West this year. So I'm going with 70%, Brode. What do you guys think? Drop it in the comments below here on YouTube. Also, drop your next Watfo. Just write Watfo and whatever question you want to ask, and we'll get that featured the next time we do Watfo. Um, so, Brody, Eastern Conference wins more games than the West this year. I am going with 70% yes. Let's look at some waiver wire ads, the top waiver wire ads over the last 24 hours. Malik Monk up 28%. That's streaming for today. Dorian Finney-Smith, that worked out well, up 24%. Played well today. He's a stream option on those low-volume days. Cody Martin up 21. Yep, add him for sure. Marcus Morris up 19. Not so sure about that one, but not bad. Steven Adams up 14. People reacting to a big game from him. Dougie McDirt, stream option with four games for the week before today. Three more left for the Spurs. Um, Dennis Smith up 13% with the uncertainty around Simons. Dwight Howard up 11%. Then, of course, he comes off the bench. And DeAndre Bembry up 11% today as well. While the top drops, we've got Ish Smith down 26%. Absolutely get rid of Ish. Uh, no questions asked there. Uh, Otto Porter down 16, 12-team league drop, no worries. McConnell down 11, drop him. Bledsoe down 10, drop him. Deadman down 8, drop him. Thibel down 8, he can be a drop as well. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Jack Robinson, Jack Robinson? Jack Armstrong says. Get that garbage out of here! Hassan Whiteside down five, drop him. And the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Um, I don't know why you would drop him at this point. I thought he played pretty well last game. I'd like to see what's happening these last these next couple of games. But I get it. Like it is, He is hard to have as a stash when they just refuse to play him those big minutes. But it's, it is a curious time to drop him. Let's move on to the first game of the day. The Brooklyn Nets come back from a 17-point deficit to get the victory over the Dallas Mavericks. They end up winning at 102-99. James Harden and Kevin Durant, huge minutes. Durant played the entire second half. 24 points in 41 minutes. He didn't play awesomely, just with his you know, usually stellar shooting. But 24-7 and 3 is all right. Triple 1 is good. And Harden had 23-9 and 12. Jim Harden is the third-ranked player this season, guys. Third. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge only 23 minutes. Now he's productive, 
15 and 5, so we've got to hold him. But Nick Claxton played basically the entire... I think he might have played the entire fourth quarter, Claxo. 21 minutes for Clax, 6 and 9. That meant Paul Millsat was an afterthought. Blake Griffin's not in the rotation. I am not adding Nick Claxton outside of like 16-teamers. It was good to see him out there, but he's not going to produce enough to be anywhere near a 12-teamer, and I am holding Aldridge. But if he gets consistently 23 a night, he does become harder to hold. DeAndre Bembry, only 14 minutes in a start, had some fouls there, and that gave some extra minutes to some other players. Uh, Paddy Mills, we talked about shooting regression. It's hitting at the moment, 10 points, two threes. He's a hold. But those numbers he was putting up were insane and had no chance of sticking, and we're seeing that now. Well, Cam Thomas, more minutes than Bruce Brown. Well, I think that was in the what to watch for for today's shows. Can Cam Thomas play more minutes than Bruce Brown? And I guess the answer to that is yes. For the Mavericks, Luka Doncic returned 28-6-9. Poor shooting night. Yeah, I thought he did all right down the end, but still wasn't fantastic. 48 fantasy points is, is good, but I don't know. He just was off, and they kept talking about how fat he looked on the broadcast. He looks a little chunky. wouldn't say he looked that big particularly, while Christos Porzingis, Porzingis. Um, he was back, which was great, 31 minutes, 17, 12, and 5, only 35%, but back after that two-game absence is great. I touched on it earlier, but Dorian Finney-Smith played well, 15 points, four threes, three steals. Don't look now, but uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is the 90th-ranked player of the last two weeks. Is he a must-roster player? Like, God, no, of course he isn't, but on days like today, he's the guy that you stream, and if you do want to have him in a 12-10 league, there's nothing wrong with it. He's probably your 13th best player. And in general, your 13th best player is the guy that you drop and you stream guys in for. But he's no worries to hold him. Jalen Brunson, stiff night for him. 10 points in 24 minutes. I don't know why I said stiff. Absolutely the wrong adjective. Shit night. Um, 24 minutes there. I would hold him. While Hardaway Jr., I don't think so. Hold 11 points in 28 minutes. And Reggie Bullock. Man, has anyone turned into a turd quicker than Bullock? He's like a 28% three-point shooter and 60% free throw guy. I don't know what's happened to him. He just cannot hit anything. Six points in 28 minutes as a starter. While Muxy Kleber had some foul trouble, um, went scoreless in 14 minutes. I was interested to see what Muxy could do if they play him 30 minutes tonight, but Jason Kidd's a dreadful coach. So Muxy plays only 14 minutes, and Muxy Kleber is now a pretty, pretty clear-cut drop. I think that would be fair to say. It's also fair to say that the number one spot for betting action is at BetOnline. There's more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. And it's your number one spot for all of your sports action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile site. Use our promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome deposit bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all of the great offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at the next game. It is the New York Knicks. They win on the road against the San Antonio Spurs, 121-109. Rowan Barrett went crazy. 39 minutes for Barrett, 32 points with seven triples, 45 fantasy points. That's good enough to make him the 171st ranked player over the last two weeks. He's still struggling. Is this a sign that he's turned it around? Probably not, but it's encouraging. If you want to get him, get him. I don't think that he's going to be a must-roster uh, must guy, but that was fine. They also made a change to their starting lineup. Nerlens Noel started, and Mitchie Robinson came off the bench. Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Stop me if you've heard this before, but Mitch Robinson limped into the press conference with a sore back, but he had a good game. 11 and 14 with two steals and three blocks. If you have Mitch Robinson, hold him. That's still useful. Nerlens Noel, stop me if you've heard this. He was grabbing at his knee during the game, but he played 26 minutes. He only scored two points, but you don't have Nerlens Noel for that. He had nine rebounds. He had one block. I think he's worth a grab. But the injuries and inconsistency is going to be a problem. 
The disease scrotum, Ivan Fournier, had seven in 21 minutes. He's not must roster. While Burks is Alec Burks. In fact, let's uh, hit the music. Alec Burke. 18 points, three threes, and five assists. Absolute must roster. Well, Randall started out this game horribly, but ended with 15-7-7. and seven. So not a bad game in the end after a dreadful start. I think Derek Rose is fine for a 12-team league, but I wouldn't label him as 100% must roster. He had 12 points with two threes, while... Um, Emmanuel quickly, 16 points, 42%, 26 minutes. Fine as a 12-teamer, not a must, but absolutely fine as a nice little scoring boost player. On to the San Antonio Spurs. Derek White. Maximum Derek. 26, 6, and 7, 50% shooting. He's looking all right at the moment. The numbers are up. 45th-ranked player over the last two weeks. Not sure you could ask for literally anything more. He's 85th for the season and starting to get that confidence back. Well, DeJounte Murray wasn't quite at his best. 15-7-7. And, and Jakob Pertl had 13-8-5 and in three blocks. So good games from those three guys. Outside of that, it wasn't much. Lonnie Walker continues to be really bad. Keldon Johnson had five points in 16 minutes. He hurt his hand. He went to the locker room. He came back. He sprained his ankle. He went to the locker room. He came back. He started. He played two minutes and went to the locker room. And he was done for the night. X-rays were negative, but I would have to think there is a risk of Calden missing some time here with three more games this week. Be pretty stunned if he played more than one of those. Well, you know that I think he's a 12-team category drop anyway. Um, I'd probably hold in points leagues, but let's wait for the severity of that. With him out, the Minish just sort of went all over the place. 20 of them to Bryn Forbes, 16 to Cater Bates-Diop, um, 15 to Josh Primo. It's not really like a straight one-for-one -one replacement. They'd probably start Bates-Diop in his spot, but that doesn't mean that you want to add him. Thad Young, back out of the rotation. He did take the backup center minutes away from Drew Eubanks for about three games, and now he's out again. Eubanks played 15. You can drop Thad Young if you added him for the five-game week. You got, like, nine minutes. What a shit-ass move that is. Now, it's not a shit-ass move. It is absolutely the correct move to have added Thad. Because we went, all right, 17 minutes, five games, 90 or so minutes for the week. That's pretty good. You don't expect him to go from that backup role to play well to play nine minutes in two games. Did it come because he went out and said, I, I hate, basically paraphrasing, I hate this team, I hate this role, get me out of here? Maybe. That's what it felt like. You can go ahead and drop him. I don't think he's going to a team where he's playing 27 minutes, and I, I could be wrong on that. But um, yeah, I don't think there's any real point in holding Thaddeus Young at this stage. So let's move on to the last game of the night, the Boston Celtics and the old uh, Los Angeles Lakers. The Celtics out to a red-hot start thanks to Jason Tatum, but just a horrible start to the third quarter, and the Lakers end up getting the win, 117-1010. Tatum scored Boston's first 14 points of the game. He ended with 34-8 and eight with five triples and three assists, 59% shooting, some really good stuff from Tatum overall. He was also helped early on by the rock DJ, Robbie Williams, who was getting that uh, by-low bump. He still only played 25 minutes. He did get cooked a little bit in the third quarter. But 13-4, and four, a steal and a block. Not a bad return. He remains a must-roster player. Smart struggled with six points and six assists, while Al Horford had only the seven and eight with two steals. And it wasn't much more than there. Dennis Schroeder got his revenge on the Lakers by scoring 10 points on 17% shooting in a loss in 32 minutes. A massive revenge there from Schroeder. He remains a guy to roster in 12-team leagues uh, until at least Jalen Brown's back at full strength. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, not much else. Romeo Langford, you know, cool. Grant Williams had one point. Langford had five. Neesmith had nine. Richardson had 11. But they were just killed in that second half. On the Lakers side of things, the big guys played well. Davis had 17 and, so 17 and 16 with two steals and two blocks. LeBron had 30 points with five assists. LeBron's assists and rebounds are well down this season, by the way. Westbrook, 24-3-11 and 11, and hit free throws and hit his shots. Pretty strong game from Wes. Wes? Russ, that's what I'm trying to say. It's been a long day somehow. 
Horton Tucker played a lot of minutes. 12 and 6 in 35 with four assists, two steals, and a block. He's more of a streamer on these low volume days versus a must roster guy. And then Malik Monk, a guy who'd been trending up, trended down. 10 points in 20 minutes. He's more of a streamer than a must roster. They decided to go back to Anthony Davis starting at center with Dwight Howard coming off the bench. Dwight played 13 minutes, had four and eight. He's not a 12 team league guy, he is just a streamer. They started Avery Bradley. God knows why. Five points in 24 minutes for Bradley. While Mallow, surely you've dropped Carmelo Anthony by now. Surely, please, tell me you've dropped Carmelo Anthony. Get that garbage out of here! 239th over the last two weeks. He had nine points in 21 minutes, and that hot streak is clearly, clearly over. Um, and that's, yeah, not, not a huge amount to talk about fantasy-wise in that game. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night does go to Jim Harden. The waiver wire line of the night... Jimmy Johnson. Uh, haven't had one of those for a while. Jim Johnson with a big game. He's been playing some decent minutes, but it's more just for 16-teamers. Uh, young gun of the night was Emmanuel Quickly and the dud of the night. I tell a man's not hot. Ivan Fournier, the diseased scrotum. 10-team drop, probably a 12-team league drop as well. On to the top 10 players for today in nine category leagues. It was Harden at number one, followed by Tatum, Barrett, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Derek White, Mitch Robinson, Russell Westbrook, Luka Doncic, and Julius Randle. Your top five or top 10 guys rostered in under 50% of leagues. James Johnson, Dwight Powell, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Bryn Forbes. I don't think there's really anything to, to get out of today's guys. Keita Bates-Diop, Drew Eubanks, Doug McDermott, Dwight Howard, Peyton Pritchard, and DeAndre Bembry. I don't think any of those guys are 12-team league ads. Horton Tucker maybe for 14 team leagues, but that's really about it. Then your top 10 in points leagues, we're looking at Harden, Davis, Tatum, Doncic, Barrett, Westbrook, Porzingis, Robinson, White, and Kevin Durant. That will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below on YouTube. Subscribe. Ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.